This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 136. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Anne Jeanette Washington-Collins. Anne Jeanette is a teacher at both the elementary and collegiate level. She teaches children at a school in Weston, Florida, and college students in Fort Lauderdale. Anne Jeanette is a WordPress advocate, blogger, and WordCamp presenter. Welcome, Anne Jeanette. Thanks for being here today. Hello, everybody. Tara, Liam, thank you so much for the invite. Thanks for joining us today. We're really happy that you're here as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more introduction? Yes, um, this is my 28th year of teaching um, in Broward County, which is sandwiched between Miami and West Palm Beach. Um, This is my 18th year as a college professor love what I do. Um, I definitely am an advocate for WordPress. Um, really blessed to uh, be in this career for the long haul and um, happily married to a uh, major and I have a miracle daughter named Jada and love family, love the beach, love serving in the community. That's wonderful. What do you teach? So presently, I am a fifth grade teacher um, in Western Florida. I teach uh, ELA, language arts, social studies, and technology. And at the collegiate level, I teach computer science. And so tell us a little bit about your background with computer science. Did you learn that in order to teach it? Or how did that become part of your teaching repertoire? Uh, About 20 years ago, um, at at that time, I was a middle school teacher. Um, My principal had um, noticed I had a knack for uh, breaking down computers, literally breaking them apart and putting them back together. And so she encouraged me to pursue my master's degree um, in educational technology and curriculum. And so... um, When I turned 30, one of the goals that I had for myself was to go back and get my master's degree. And so that's how I began this journey. Um, And it's been a fun ride for the past 20 years, Um, working with students, working with college students, working with uh, nonprofit and profit organizations, and really learning and mastering the craft of educational technology. That's such a such an evolving field, right? I mean, 28 years ago, I'm trying to think when that was. Yeah, I mean, there were computers in the classroom, but not a ton. And there was internet in the classroom, but not a lot of classrooms and not very good internet, not reliable stuff. And, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing in the last three to five months that the technology because of COVID is forcibly changing again. You have probably seen more 
<laughs> than most people have seen. Talk about that that evolution of technology and, and what that's looked like over the years in teaching. When I went to college at the University of Miami, my senior year, we had a computer lab that was using the little Apple books. The little, I mean, not Apple books, it's like those hard Apple, I think they were Apple E's. They were, they were just boxy and, and little. Um, and then Hurricane Andrew hit. So we went from having computers to having nothing. And when I graduated, I just remember, okay, where do we start? And so I landed my first teaching job in a middle school in Fort Lauderdale. Um, they had computers, they had a computer lab, but not as heavy as it began to happen in 2000. Um, 2000, we had a whole overhaul where classrooms were actually getting computers. We had uh, apples with the colors in the back. You could pick your color to match your classroom. So I did that for a while. Um, then my district moved from Apple to Windows. And so during this whole, as you call it, process, I had to learn how to be dual language in technology. You had to know Apple and you had to know Windows. And so I and Those were really different in the early days. Those were really, that was literally apples and oranges, no yes, pun intended. And so I had to learn that so that I can empower and teach my college students, my middle school students, even taught high school. And so just had to really master learning two languages in technology. Um, then in about 2005, um, I was offered the position of the computer science teacher at the elementary level. And that's how I land, ended up at the school where I've been now for 15 years. And even at the school that I'm at, it has evolved um, where it was a elective. And now it is pretty much in everyday instruction. I have to use my computer and not just one computer. Sometimes I'm literally maneuvering three, um, which leads me into the WordPress because when I first started WordPress, it was just to play around with it, see what it's about. And then now I find myself teaching my fifth graders how to blog their essays or um, respond to a, a classmate's post or publish their STEM work, um, something that they, a STEM project that they've created where they put their research and their PowerPoint or their sway into the WordPress platform. So it has truly been a roller coaster ride and I've enjoyed every minute of it. That's so wonderful. I love hearing that you're using WordPress with kids in school. It seems like um, something that is evolving, but I don't hear that much about WordPress being used by kids uh, in schools. So that's really great. How did you discover WordPress? Graduate school, um, I used it in graduate school. And then um, I introduced it to my college students because I was teaching them what, at that time, the word blog and vlog were new. And so I had to teach them, okay, this is a blog and this is the software you can use. And then 
Um, I took a break from it for a while. And then um, 2016, 17 is when I got very much involved because of my daughter with WordCamp. She was um, invited to speak. And that's what rekindled the fire again for me to use WordPress in my classroom and at home. Wow, there's, I feel like we could do weeks of conversation on what you've shared in the opening minutes here, whether technology or teaching or WordPress and youth getting children to use it. There's, there's just a ton there. Um, it is. <laughs> what has been... I'm always interested when when I come to a technology and I use it a certain way in a said way and I have my flow. And then I show it to somebody or teach somebody it and I come back a period of time later and they're doing something totally different and that my brain just would never have landed on. I'm wondering, since you're seeing so many young people, whether it's grade schoolers or college age folks, using WordPress, I wonder, and this is kind of going to put you on the spot to think of something, so sorry about that, but what's been the, some of the more interesting examples of somebody taking WordPress and you say, well, yeah, I guess I can do that. That's amazing. I never would have thought about using it that way. That's really cool. Um, I would have to say going to WordCamp and seeing the high schoolers take the basics of it and create, uh, I saw a young lady, she literally created her own business, online e-business, e-commerce. Um, she competed in a, vert, um, I guess it was a virtual technology conference for high schoolers, won a scholarship right here in South Florida. I, I, the, the young people, it, it's like a sponge with them. They just take it, they absorb it, and they make it their own. And, you know, I just sit back and I'm, I'm kind of like the cheerleader. Do you? Or as I would say, gone girl, do your thing, you know, because what we teach them is just to light the fire. Then they just let it burn and, 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 and you know, or, or basically like a, a, a thing of clay. And, and you know, we talk, show them how to mold it, wet it, sculpt it and then make it into something that is theirs, whether it's a bowl, a vase, a, a cup. And, and that's pretty much the analogy I think I can use with WordPress, that the, the generation born from 20, 2000, I would say, moving forward, that's exactly what they've done to any and everything they touch. This generation, my daughter would be in this category. My niece, Victoria, would be in their, this category. Um, the students that I've had over the last 20 years, they just take it, they make it, and they, make, they own it. And, and I love it because what worked for me in 2000 or even in 2015 isn't going to work into 2021. And so my job is to just teach them fundamentals, and then let them see what they can create and innovate on their own. Let them have some critical thinking with it. Let them think about what they're going to do with it. And then let them use their imagination, their creativity, 
and just make it, own it and make it theirs. And, and this is an exciting time if we continue to, you know, use that. I think it's an exciting time for WordPress. Um, it's an exciting time for those of us in the field of educational technology. And it's definitely an exciting time for those who have a passion with technology to really watch and see it evolve. Do you find that your students have uh, an easy time or a stumble at any point when they're learning WordPress? Oh, they stumble and, and that's part of the process. I'm okay with them stumbling, but I'm, I, I realize uh, there's a tenacity with this generation. They stumble, they'll get frustrated and then they'll get right back up again and try it again until it works for them. That's what I've seen. Yeah, are they learning basic posts or are you teaching them theme editing and all that type of thing? What, how deep are you going with these kids? Well, because they're right, I, I'm as a writing teacher, I wanna see their process. I always look at the processes of their writing. So they may post something in early September and I realize they haven't gotten to the meat of their thesis and their evidence and their claims. But by April, they're writing a full five paragraph essay. And so what I like is for them to see their evolution as a writer. And if they add sound or, vi or links or this or that. Um, so that's what I look at. And then I notice in that journey, they begin to discover other things and publish yeah. other things. And I'm like, okay. I see you're onto something. So that's what I look at as both a elementary teacher and even in my college students when they're blogging or creating things. And Jeanette, I'm just thinking as you're talking here and I love that you're using WordPress for that because he could use a Google Docs to do their writing, but to see the evolution of their writing, that's so much easier to do in a blog where you just go to next post, next post, next post. So you jump from, you know, if you have a month archive, you jump from September to May of the following year and you can do that so much easier on your phone. And what a, what a great way, what a, what a fantastic way to go about that. I am uh, just kind of sitting here in awe <laughs> by your, by your wisdom and your approach. They need to see the journey. They need to see the process. They need to see the struggle. And a lot of times they don't see it until the end of the year and see what they've been able to do. Even my daughter, um, she hasn't blogged in a while, but when she was, I I've seen her processes as well. So it's important that we take a look at our process in learning. Agreed, agreed. Um, we ask all of our guests and Jeanette about success. And so I'm going to ask you that question now, which is how you define success and maybe even how you measure it or how, what it means to you in terms of following up on being successful. What does that mean for you? Being successful for me, um, I have a three word acronym, I should say three Fs, 
my faith, my family, and my focus. Those are my three things that I focus on that define success for me. Uh, my faith, I'm, uh, I live by that daily. Having faith and being um, grounded in my faith, my family, um, and definitely the ability to focus in whatever I'm being assigned or taxed to do and completing it. That is the definition of success. I like that, the three Fs. Those are good. Those are all good words to live by. Um, and it sounds like your family, so your daughter you've mentioned is uh, using WordPress. And I know I got to see her for a moment when we first met. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Jada and what she is doing with WordPress as well? So Jada, um, She's definitely my miracle child. Um, we were involved in a, we are involved, excuse me, in an organization called Black Girls Code. And there was a workshop that was presented on using WordPress. And one of the um, instructors, a very well-known WordPress user here in South Florida named Lenora, just began to introduce it to her. And, you know, at that time she was only eight years old and she learned, she built her own website. She was asked to speak at WordCamp. And from that event till this past summer, it has just taken its own, uh, she has taken the, the use of technology with WordPress and made it her own networking, coding, blogging, building. Um, it, it's, a, it's been a wonderful journey to watch her become her and at such a young age. Um, I, I like the networking pool here in South Florida, um, gentleman by the name of David Bassett and his wife, Peter Gay, um, have embraced the young people in South Florida to get involved with WordPress. As a matter of fact, we have our own little mini conference during WordCamp. So the young people get to sit and learn e-commerce and blogging and STEM. And it, I, I've, I, I've just loved it. I bring my students to the WordCamp here in Miami because um, Lenore and David Bissett and some of the other organizers are just fully committed to what I'm fully committed to, and that's empowering the young people in WordPress. So she has become um, a, a part of that, and so I'm excited. My husband has slowly, um, he's slowly learning. He does a um, website called Dads Beyond Duty and he's blogging. And so now I'm trying to move him over to WordPress. And so, you know, we're, we're gonna try to make this a family thing. And, and then I have my mom's uh, Magnific Mom moments where I just reflect on what it's like being a mom in the 21st century. So we're slowly transitioning our family, if you will, to uh, WordPress. Slowly. 
That's so wonderful. And yeah, shout out to David Bissett and what he's done with the community in the Miami area and his team that works with him there, you among them. And I know um, William Jackson and Ada, they mm -hmm. all participate in just an amazing, amazing campaign to get kids using WordPress and learning tech and learning code and loving it. It's amazing what they've done. I've seen it evolving over the years. And can you tell us a little bit about Black Girls Who Code? Because I am a big supporter of that organization. I uh, haven't seen it in my area actively. Is it very active where you are? What can you tell us about that? Well, because of COVID-19, we've actually gone virtual. So they've been having a lot of virtual events um, nationwide. Um, Kimberly Bryant uh, is the founder. She's out of the West Coast in the Oakland California area. And so uh, she set up the, this movement for uh, young girls of color to learn and get involved with STEM. And um, I, I, I've been involved now almost five years through my daughter. And it's just such a joy to see the organization, no matter what city they're in, just begin to evolve the mentoring that they do um, the matches, the, the, the camaraderie. Um, and so it's just really nice to, to be a part of that. Um, my daughter's also with um, a group called IT Women, where they also have a mentor who you're matched to. Um, and that's just another, there's girls who code. Um, so many, but those are the three that have really, I can say, have impacted my daughter and myself, WordPress for sure, um, and WordCamp, um, IT Women, Claire Marrero, um, and of course, Black Girls Code with Kimberly Bryant. There's a lot of work to pivot what was previously in-person training to online. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know, <laughs> but I, I'm involved with an organization up here in Philly called Philly Tech Sisters, and it is focused on helping women of color get into careers in tech. So adult, typically adult women who are looking to position into some kind of programming development, technology-based career, and been trying to put together online programs because all their come come to a Saturday, come to a Saturday and Sunday weekend training course and pay a reasonable amount of money to walk away with a lot of knowledge and a lot of context of, of folks who are willing to mentor and teach and, and guide. And that's, you know, you just can't do eight hours on a Saturday. So how do you take eight hours on a Saturday and turn that into two hour chunks? And it's a lot of work. So shout out to you and to your your colleagues and to the, the folks that you've mentioned that are making that transition in no short order, right? This is not like, hey, this is the way technology is going. We should evolve this way. It was technology just changed about three months ago when we were told to stay home. We got to make this happen. And it's all volunteer, which makes it even more challenging because there's the, the home chaos of everybody being at home because of COVID-19. And then trying to, there, there's a lot. So thank you for the work that you're doing and for the, the work that you're, that the women that you've mentioned are you know, doing as well. Thank you. I, I'm excited. As, as busy and um, challenging as it is, it's, it's also uh, opportunity. I look at it as an opportunity to um, 
make, I always love serving in the community. I do a lot of volunteer work, both with my church and just with other organizations. But to now streamline that to strictly virtual, um, I look at it as an opportunity. Um, yes, you got to do a lot of reorganizing, a lot of planning, got to make sure things are up and running, but it's just a, a great opportunity for those who are willing to do the work and they can make it work. Um, I had to do some training um, with uh, Canvas and some other virtual uh, learning management systems. And you're right, taking eight hours of training and breaking it into chunks. And, and I was working with the uh, organization to just do the training. And I realized, okay, what I could do in eight hours in face-to-face, -face, we've got to look at times and dividing it by four, dividing it by three. But we made it happen. Um, but like I said, it's a lot of planning, a lot of thinking outside the box, and it can work. I'm hearing, Anjanette, a lot of practical instances of your three Fs, your faith, your family, and your focus coming through in that. So I, I loved your definition. I didn't get a chance to share that back with you, but I, I love seeing it really clear that that's, that is your life. And that's, that's a commitment that you've made and, and you sounds like you really get a lot of value and joy and, and functionality out of it as well. So well done for figuring that out. There's a lot of us who, who don't always know that. I want to change gears and ask you about advice. And the question is not the advice that you would share, Anjanette, but what's some advice that you've been given or you read or you stumbled upon or you saw on a sign somewhere and successfully implemented in your life? This is dedicated to my mother. Um, my mother is probably one of the strongest women I know. Um, and I say that because she was a widow at 33 years old. She's a lupus survivor. She's a breast cancer survivor. And so it was a season of my life. I was going through some things and I just said, I can't make it through the day. And she said, well, if you don't make it through the day, try to make it through one hour. If you can't make it through one hour, make it through the minute. And the minutes do add up. And that's all she said to me. And that was about 15 years ago. And looking now, she was right. Just if, if the day just doesn't work for you and you're like, overwhelmed by the day, just take it minute by minute or hour by hour. And she always said they do add up and you'll find yourself uh, getting through or working through the process. So that that is probably the best advice from my mom, Lynette, that was ever given to me. And that seems so timeless. It seems particularly valid and relevant for the chaos we find ourselves in these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, when she was going through chemo and going through different things, and she was having her bad moments, she would just say, okay, 
I don't like this day, but I'm gonna make it through the next few minutes or the next hour. And we just watched her and she did it. And now she's been cancer free 10 years and lupus, no markers in the last 15 years. I, so I just have learned so much from my mom. And to me, that advice is, like you said, it's priceless and timeless. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear that your mom's doing so well after all this time. And it sounds like uh, she's given advice that she has learned herself. So getting through those hard times, sometimes it is just counting one hour at a time or, you know, running a race one mile at a time, however you break it down. But trying not to look too far ahead and seeing that big, long journey ahead of you, which as Leah mentioned right now is where we can tend to go sometimes in our heads when you have this kind of uncertain time ahead of you. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful advice. I'm sure I'll be taking that to heart uh, as well. Um, what would you say, speaking of sort of these uncertain times that we're in right now and being a teacher, I'd like to ask you about how you are feeling about approaching remote learning, both for your college students and for your younger students, how, you know, how challenging that will be for you. You sound like you've got a really positive attitude. So, uh, you know, how, how are you approaching that? And also for your daughter as a parent, how are you thinking about that this time ahead for the uncertainty of school so situation? My district, Broward County Schools has uh, voted for 100% uh, virtual learning. Um, I am very grateful for that because it gives me a peace of mind with how instruction is going to be. For my daughter, um, I think for her, it's a little bittersweet because she loves that socializing and you know being in sports, that kind of thing. But right now, with the numbers that they're looking in Florida, I think it's the right thing. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with e-learning virtually. I'm, I had a blast with my students in, from March to June, and I will continue to uh, instruct with excitement and compassion. I, I think that has to also be a part of the equation. We could teach, 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 and we can tech, 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 but we've got to have some compassion with this as well because um, a lot of families in South Florida have been greatly impacted around the globe. And we need to show some compassion. And, um, but I'm excited and looking forward to it. Looking forward to teaching virtually until things are better. Great, thanks I think for that sharing. compassion and empathy is important. Yeah, go ahead, Tara. No, God, I'm just gonna say thank you for sharing. That's great. I'm, I'm, it's comforting to hear your approach being positive and, and compassionate. Oh, yes. Got, you know, uh, yesterday um, I was on a six hour course with making sure that is a part of the equation. And, and I've always been committed to that, but now even more so. I'm delighted to hear that. And I feel like this is a conversation that we could continue for hours. But we are we are at our time limit, I'm afraid. It's going by so, so quickly. And Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us. Before we say goodbye, can you share where folks can find you online? 
Yes, um, you can find me at a lot of places. <laughs> um, the first place is, of course, on Twitter, Professa, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-A, Diva954. Um, on Instagram, Professor Diva954. And you can find me... Um, you can just uh, find me with WordCamp Miami on previous conferences, uh, Anjanette Washington Collins. Google it and you'll see uh, my involvement with that. And of course, um, on my school, Vanity Bay Elementary, shout out to the Bay. Um, <laughs> so definitely. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to get to know you a little bit here. Thank you for your time and for your energy and your, your insightful words. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.